Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, as we continue, fourth and final hour, live on this Monday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Morning mystery movie clip coming up at 920. Who on Twitter today? What's on tap for the Dawn Show? And what's on the cut sheet part due? Also coming up right around 935 and 950, respectively. So, a lot of stuff coming up when it comes to elections. We know we've got the race tomorrow between Sherelle Parker and David O., mayor of Philadelphia. We've got school board elections, uh, none bigger than Central Bucks School District, as we know, the third largest uh, county in the state of Pennsylvania. And school district-wise, you're talking about 17,000-plus students. But also, need to pay attention to what is happening tomorrow when it comes to abortion and it comes to 2024. And one, one of the things that I found interesting with this New York Times article, and I, I have not been paying attention to you know other states like Kentucky or Tennessee or Virginia, things like that. I've been pretty much wrapped up in everything local, Pennsylvania, and then, of course, national when it comes to the general election next year. And we're coming off of last year's midterms where we expected a red wave and it didn't come. And now we're talking about New York Times polling with Joe Biden and Donald Trump and how good things are looking polling-wise for Trump. But 2023, while it's not like a hardcore election year, as Stocker said earlier in the show, it is still very important because, as the New York Times writes in this piece, uh, they go on to say the following. uh, Abortion has emerged as a defining fault line of this year's elections with consequential contests in several states on Tuesday offering fresh tests of the issue's political potency nearly a year and a half after the Supreme Court ended a federal right to abortion. The decision overturning Roe v. Wade scrambled American politics in 2022 and certainly was a major factor in the midterms in the fall, transforming a longstanding social conflict into an electoral battering ram that helped drive Democrats to critical victories in the midterm races. Uh, And I believe I mentioned a few months ago, I would imagine that this still stands true. I think it was something to the effect of six or seven different elections where uh, the pro-choice was victorious every single time. And the takeaway was that Republicans have lost every election since the Supreme Court sent Roe v. Wade back down and kicked it back down to a state issue. But they go on to say in this article here in the New York Times, in Kentucky, Democrats are testing whether abortion can provide a political advantage even in a red state. And having lived in Tennessee, one state south or to the east of Kentucky, um, I've certainly seen the way that stuff plays out in these states. And I would say this. When you look at Virginia, Virginia is the, the only southern state that does not have an abortion ban. And you have the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, a Republican, who is trying to flip the script in the state's legislative elections casting Democrats as the extreme ones and saying that his party supports a common sense position. And that's a quote, quote, common sense position, 15 week ban. And this is not really to argue over or have a conversation over pro-life versus pro-choice. I know it's always a touchy subject for a lot of people. I don't love talking about it either, but I would say this. We know that the Democrats are very diabolical. And we also know, I mean, we highlighted it this morning. I mean, pro-Palestinian supporters that have had the support from the Biden administration are chanting F Joe Biden. 
at the White House. I mean, we have seen squad Dems and the far left progressives saying that John Fetterman has betrayed them because John Fetterman says we need to do everything and anything to support Israel. So you know that the Dems, they don't care. They will kick you to the curb and they will do anything. And I mean anything it takes to win. If they have to drag an 80-year-old corpse to the finish line, as long as that person is breathing and clinically alive, they will do it. So I have to believe, and if we frame it this way from the standpoint of this story from the New York Times, will abortion dominate the 2024 elections? I would actually argue, I don't even think you need to see the way it plays out in 2023, because I'm just going to go on what I know. And what I know is that Democrats know this is an absolute must for them. And they will use, they will weaponize, they will politicize, they will make it as extreme as possible post Roe v. Wade, which I believe was that was June of 2022 that that went down, or July, it's about 18 months ago. They will absolutely use that to catapult themselves to victory. So I, I think really everybody should be paying attention to the way these things play out in some of these other areas. And if the Democrats are victorious, and also, if we can find ads and TV campaigns and things like that and just maybe play them or if you can find them yourself on the Internet or on social media and listen to the tone and watch the video, I think you're going to arrive at the conclusion that if the Democrats make that their because they can't talk about the economy, they can't talk about crime, they can't talk about the border, um, they're wrong on the Israel-Hamas-Palestine stance, they're Progressive policies of of defunding have failed. DEI is never going to be successful. Meritocracy will. But if they want to run on this and they want to target the 18 to 32-year-old career-oriented female that does not have a child, that lives in a high-rise apartment, that drinks expensive coffee, that hates Republicans, they will go to victory. I truly believe that. And I'm not saying it's the right stance. I'm not saying it's the right uh, moral stance or cause. But just pay attention to the way this plays out and look at how much of a, when you look at everything that they're going to try to campaign for and everything that they're going to advocate for, how much of that pie is dedicated towards abortion? If they make it a big piece of the pie, I don't think it works out well for Republicans. I really don't. Yeah, these are going to be bellwethers to test how uh, how motivated uh, that base is. You know, we saw in 2022 how motivated they were. Um so if and to your point, every election that abortion has been on the ballot or some form of it or whatever, the Republicans have lost. So it'll be it'll be it, the Democrats know that it's a winning hand for them. But the problem is, is that it, is their base motivated enough to go out for it? I think they are. I really do. And you th- you talk about a winning hand. What other hands are they going to play? It's true. Right. That's, that's literally all they like, have. If they that's believe all they have. If that they, democracy. Yes. The threats to democracy and abortion. Yeah. If yeah. they believe abortion to them is like getting pocket aces yeah. and they're not going to win with kings, queens, jacks, tens or seven, eight offsuit, which is every other policy that they have that has failed. If this is the one that will get because this is what do we always say? Or at least I believe this. I think Democrats vote with their feelings. Republicans vote with facts. And here's the thing with the Democrats. The abortion topic is a very emotional topic. And I, like, I, I don't even like talking about this because I'm a guy. I feel like this is more for females to some extent. But like, if it's an emotional thing, 
And Democrats are great at tugging at the heartstrings of emotions. What was that clip we played for you in the first hour uh, with the with the the girl who was on with Dana Bash talking about it was the Texas Democrat uh, Congresswoman that was on there talking about feelings, and she was like basically insulting yes. her own base. Yep. Like Democrats always go for the like, and that's what the race card is. It's not based in fact in 2023 anymore. Mm-hmm. I say all the time that the, the the demand for racism far out exceeds the supply, but the, the, the Democrats always go to it because it gets people in their feelings. Same yeah. thing with abortion. Out of, honestly, my big takeaway from all of this is that I'm, I'm watching these uh, how these elections play out very carefully over the next couple of days. And I think that's a bigger tell, in my opinion, than any poll that we've read from. For any topic you're talking about, for like president, yes. for yes, okay. Well, I, 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 yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, what's what is a bigger dead giveaway if you want to make it your entire platform than this subject? School choice, probably not. Even though you could argue it could be. Well, to your point, any other subject they bring up. The, is a losing issue for them. Mm-hmm. But so do, they have to but, they have to for, run on this. But forget what's a losing issue. If we're ranking all of the issues, yeah. there's nothing bigger than the economy. Right? Which yeah. is which is checkmark Republican. Here's here's what they Democrats right now have to rely on the ignorance of voters to think that it in Pennsylvania right now <clears throat> uh women can get an abortion through the twenty third week of pregnancy. Okay. Okay. PA that's the 23 law. weeks. PA is 23 weeks. So that's basically plan six B, months. Plan B is legal. You don't have to be a certain age to my knowledge. That's the, the morning after pill. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding of this, it, it would take it would take a whole lot to try to overturn the law that is existing in Pennsylvania, even though they try to say, oh, well, you got to be those shifty. Repo-. It would it would you would have to. um I just don't see that that would be in play. Okay. Truthful, I mean, I'm being honest. And a lot of pro-life people might be upset about that because mm-hmm. it's through the 23rd week, right? Right. I think that um, Pennsylvania is a, a pro-choice state. They've allowed it. It's in the law. It's codified. I don't see it changing. But Democrats want to make it seem like, oh, we're on shaky ground. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not. And so that might upset you know, both sides. But the truth of the matter is... They're going to run on it and give misinformation to try to say, oh, you got to vote for the Democrats mm-hmm. because this is in play. It, it is not in play. You know, I do find this little excerpt interesting in the New York Times article about how Virginia, the only southern state without an abortion ban under Governor Glenn Youngkin. And you remember a couple of weeks ago on this show, I said that I, th- I could see Glenn Youngkin becoming the candidate for the Republican Party for president in 2028. And a lot of that conversation that we had a few weeks ago was centered around the fact that I don't know if Ron DeSantis is salvageable. And if if I recall correctly, if I'm wrong, somebody let me know. But I believe DeSantis, it's a six-week ban that he talks about in Florida, whereas Governor Glenn Youngkin is saying, I have and my party and our administration supports a, quote, common-sense position of a 15-week ban. Taking those two differences, six weeks versus 15 weeks, and and maybe anybody that has a ban on the Republican side is not going to ever be president of the United States again. Maybe it's that extreme. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? We'll see the way 2028 plays out. But I would argue then to my point a few weeks ago, 
that maybe Glenn Youngkin is more electable in the future as POTUS than Ron DeSantis is. Well, I think Glenn Youngkin, the way he worded it, he says he is pro-life personally, um, but he calls it, he says that it's the pain threshold. And I think that a lot of people have picked up on that kind of wording, Mm -hmm. that he has said, we know through medical, through science, and through what's proven, there's a pain threshold. In other words, when the unborn fetus baby can actually feel the pain of that procedure. Correct. Right, to end the pregnancy. Correct. I think that is that is a wise way that he words it, talking about the pain threshold bill. Mm-hmm. So it was a bipartisan bill, and I forget how many... Um, I think it was after 15 weeks, wasn't it? Or was it 20? Because Pennsylvania is 23 weeks. Okay. And Glenn Young uh, is 15 has, weeks. But he has said that he would sign the so-called pain threshold bill. Okay. That I think the pain threshold is after 15 weeks. And I'm just trying to forecast and project moving forward for what we see here in 2023, what we see in 24, what we'll see again in 2028. And if you recall... And I I don't remember how specific it was, the ad versus the actual words that came out of his mouth. But if you remember a year ago, leading into the midterms, I mean, Mastriano, from a a governor's standpoint, he was, if I recall correctly, at least for a good portion of time, he wasn't willing to budge, I think, on anything, which obviously, and I, I don't, even if he was willing to budge, he probably still loses to Shapiro anyway. But I think it's those stances that could be a hindrance for Republicans moving forward. Now, look, you can have your beliefs, and I'm not even saying you're wrong. You you could be the most staunch, ardent conservative at all. But if this is ultimately what costs you victory, my question is, and I think it's a fair and logical question, are you willing to kind of move off of your strong stance? And if not, that's fine. I got you. But if it prevents you from from, you know, succeeding and gaining elections and winning elections and taking power, I mean, are you prepared to go down with that ship? Like, I'll, I'll make it like, you know, from from a sports analogy, like if I t- you, you might want to throw the ball every stinking play. But if I tell you, Andy Reid, or I tell you, Nick Sirian, if you just run the freaking ball, you'll win the game. Are you going to do it? Because we sit here and we say economy and the polls are showing it. Americans believe Republicans will be far better off. With Republicans leading the economy, we know crime-wise, law and order. We know the the funding for the southern border. Which, by the way, did you guys see this? Biden now wants to use nine hundred and fifty million dollars to finish the wall at the southern border when he said he wouldn't build oh, another foot of it. That was back in the news <laughs> again this weekend. But all of these things line up check mark Republican economy, inflation, crime, border, national security, pro Israel as opposed to pro Palestine. The one thing working against Republicans right now is everything after the Supreme Court said, you know what, we're kicking this back down to the states. This is not a federal issue. We will let you guys divide it up, divvy it up, discuss it amongst yourselves. And now you have different states with different bands uh, or different time periods. But I, you made an interesting point on how the Democrats will throw out misinformation. L- let's say, and I'm just throwing out a hypothetical example here. I can't think of one state that has a ban that the next neighboring state doesn't. But if you really wanted to go ahead with one of these procedures and it was banned in your state, but you were two and a half hours away from driving across state lines and you could get it done in that state. Like I've always believed if you want something, 
you'll probably find a way to get it, right? If you need extra money, you get a second job. If you want this, you do that. So if you want to go through with this procedure and it's banned in your state and you're ticked off about that, well, I mean, you can find a way to make it two and a half hours elsewhere where it is still permitted and allowed. I know it's a sticky situation. It's very dicey. People don't like to talk about it, but I don't think you can run from it, right? Like this this is unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this is one of the main topics of discussion for the foreseeable future. Now, I, I don't know, 15, 20 years from now, I can't forecast how prominent this issue will be in American politics. Maybe it dies off a little bit, but probably not. But after what happened with the Supreme Court back in the summer of 2022, kicking this back to the states, I mean, we have seen the proof is in the pudding. Republicans haven't won squat since. So mm-hmm. it's an issue. And it's it's I, I don't know what the actual correct answer is. I think it just really comes down to how bad you want to win. I think ultimately, because I as we're talking, I'm looking at the differences between Florida's six week ban. Um, it says says like 15 weeks. The difference, if I'm, I believe the bipartisan measure that was the so-called pain threshold measure that's, that is, um, might be a model for Republicans moving forward. That's the Glenn Youngkin policy. Right. Says that even after the 15 months, they do have exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother after the 15. Right. I think that Florida, it's it's very tough, even if for a rape victim or incest victim after the 15 weeks. So I think that the bipartisan legislation in, in Virginia, that's why everybody's looking to that. Mm-hmm. As far as Doug Mastriano, who's current, you know, he's a state senator right now. I think, you know, Doug is a good man, but he was not a good campaigner. That's correct. And I th- right. And I think that he felt that people would be well educated and they would understand that he could not, as governor, just come in and wipe out all the established laws that are that are really um, have deep tentacles and are in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I think he believed that and didn't understand, you know, the the campaigns and the and the media campaigns that basically told people that a pro life, staunch Christian conservative like Mastriano, oh yeah, he's going to come in and wipe it out. I don't think he would have, and I don't think he could have. But certainly it was a, it was very convincing. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, those, you know, quote, exceptions, rape, incest. Um, there was another one that you mentioned. Um, uh, life the, of the, the mother. Life of the mother. Like when you're not willing. Which are to, very rare. Right. When you're when you're not willing to budge off of some of those. I just envision some of some of these, um, you know, left wing supporters on social media and some of their angry videos they post. And I just I, I picture their faces when they hear that somebody's not willing to budge on that. And again, I'm not telling you which way you should feel. I just know the way that these people react, um, and it will be venomous to say the least. So, yeah, I mean, as a woman, I'll just say this: this is a great example of an incendiary issue. We're getting women; we are getting played. How are we getting played? Because reproductive rights. Give me a break. I mean, there are women I know right now that, that spend a hundred dollars a month. Or birth control pills. That's absurd. So there, there are no reproductive rights. If men had to get their monthly thing, which is basically every 21 days, and they bled for a week every 21 days, trust me, you, there would be reproductive rights. I'm sorry, but the whole... Don, are you saying men can't have periods? <laughs> I was told on TikTok no, they do. You can't. Oh, okay. You can't. You don't. And so this is all women being divided over partisan politics, and they fundraise like crazy off of this. 
And so it's a shame because if women ever became united on real reproductive, I'm talking about women's health issues instead of abortion issue, which is a a tiny fraction, right, of our entire huge country. Mm -hmm. But once again, women, they want to divide women because God forbid, you know, if women came together and united on anything, the rest of the country would be in trouble because women would rule. I mean, to, your, to, <laughs> to be to, honest, to, I don't know. Women, women kind of united and uh, uh, maybe it scares you. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> like, talking about like the sports thing. No, no. In the last in the last election in 2022, women kind of united, didn't they? I mean, they 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 had the victory for uh, for a lot of Democrats. So, you know, I think women are united in this, honestly. To be honest with you. Well, I think women are women in the last election were united by misleading campaigns. But what women what women got was not better services. If women are paying this, what we're paying and what's not covered and with with regard to women's health in general, uh, whether it's your mammogram, your your monthly exams, what women have to pay for things, that's that's not happening. Well, then this goes back to messaging again, right? I mean, why why is it that the Democrats can always do a better job achieving their desired outcome with their messaging than Republicans can? Yeah. Right. Whether it's misinformation or not, they get their people to buy in. Right. It was misinformation. And what it does is it fuels money to Planned Parenthood and keeps them in business. Right. And they already make enough money. So and and they won't give money to other clinics. And they and so it's not a good deal. Mm -hmm. It's not a good deal for women. All right, 923 on this Monday morning. If I'm going to stay in business, I better get to uh, the Morning Mystery Movie Clip because we're late. And now, the Morning Mystery Movie Clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is good work. Should we take it up to Ben? Uh, no, not yet. Why not? We, we got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it, but we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. But we don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters no. and butcher the story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. So we'll write a holding story and we'll keep our eye on the Herald. Keep our eye on the Herald? Yeah. They run this and they get it wrong. The church will bury it. We, we got to do this now. Mike, Mike. What? Why, why are we hesitating? Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Oh, yes. By the way, I have no idea what that movie is. Really? And maybe I should. You should. But it came out uh, eight years ago today. Uh, that's the hint and the clue that great, I was given. Great movie, by the way. All right. Uh, today's prize is a pair of tickets to see a very Philly Christmas at the Kimmel Center Verizon Hall. December 2nd at 3 p.m. Featuring Broadway singers and dancers, local choirs, and the no-name pops in brilliant arrangements of your favorite holiday songs, plus lots of surprises and some essentially Philly fun. Caller 12-855-839-1210, the phone number. See if we get this correct as this is the first day post-Valdez. Can we start Phil off with a bang? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, your boy, your boy left on Friday, and you weren't even here. I know. All right. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT and the Free Odyssey app. Kale and Company live here on a Monday morning. Nick Don and Greg, Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. 
What's on the Cuff Chief Part Do coming up in just a matter of moments. Who on Twitter today? What's on tap for the Dawn Show? But right now, we find out who is our morning mystery movie clip winner as we welcome in George from Mount Airy. George, what movie clip did we just play for you last segment, sir? Yes, good morning, Nick. That would be Spotlight. That is correct, sir. Spotlight. Spotlight is on you, George, because you will be going to a very Philly Christmas at the Kimmel Center, Verizon Hall, coming up. I believe that's the first Saturday in December, December 2nd at 3 o'clock. So congratulations, George. Great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it, George. George. And we appreciate you listening. Yeah. What is, what is a very Philly Christmas? Like, how is one described as a very Philly Christmas? I think we boo Santa Claus. I guess. Um, yeah. No, no, that's not what we do. That's what the National Sports Networks think I we do all the time. Say that, yeah. yeah, it sounds like a good time, though. It does. Yeah, so that's coming up uh, 3 p.m. on December the 2nd. Mm. Uh, and by the way, we were having um, a conversation about the in the cut sheet this morning about our new, uh, our latest Gen Zer who uh, was having a meltdown over the fact that he had to work 25 hours a week while yeah. being a full time college student. Um, and then we referenced our other female Gen Zer who was torn apart over the thought of working a nine to five and not getting home till six fifteen and having a social life. So Kurt Roth sends us a tweet on Twitter and says. The bus driver would make the perfect boss for both of those two. I'm done with you. <laughs> Do you hear me? That's I'm right. done with this shit. Yeah. Right. We need her to whip some butt. Yeah, I think she should be the motivational speaker of Kale and Company to whip Gen Z into shape I from agree. the victimhood culture. I agree with you. I think we could put her on the payroll. Probably not. No, we can't. That's we, right. We can't put anybody else on the payroll. That's right. I mean, Valdez left because the payroll wasn't <laughs> high enough. Listen. But I digress. Yeah. All right. Uh, 9.35. Let's get to round two. What's on the cut sheet part do? What's on the cut sheet? I do. What's on the cut sheet part do is sponsored by the Delaware Valley BMW Centers. Now through November 30th during the BMW Road Home Sales event. Receive a credit of up to $3,000 on select models like the BMW X3 and X5. For details, visit your local Delaware Valley BMW Centers or go to bmwcenters.com. bmwcenters.com. Go there today. Um, So this clip is making the uh, rounds on social media. George Stephanopoulos on ABC this week had um, uh, Steve Scalise on and asked him five times (laughs) whether the 2020 election was stolen. Okay. Apparently, the answer that that uh, Mr. Scalise was giving Mr. Stephanopoulos was not good enough okay. because he kept going back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it. On November the 5th, 2023. Interesting. Um, well, that brings up a more interesting point. We talked about abortion being on the ballot mm-hmm. in 2024, whether it will be, whether it will galvanize um, the voter base. It seems to me like this is also going to be something that they're going to use in their playbook as well. Yeah. Uh, George Stephanopoulos, former uh, Democrat operative, a former member of the Clinton administration, uh, he knows all too well, you know, the talking points. So mm-hmm. anyway, cut 15, Phil, go. It's stronger action right now. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? What I've told you is there are states that didn't follow their laws. That is what the state constitution, the U.S. Constitution requires. Uh, You know, I've seen in my own state where we had to send our elections commissioner to jail years ago for fraud and corruption. And we cleaned up our act in our state. Every state ought to follow the laws that are on their books. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. 
That's not what I asked. They say, can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? Look, Joe Biden's president, I know you and others want to talk about 2020. We're focused on the future. We've talked about 2020 a lot. We're talking about how to get our country back on track, how to get our economy moving, how to stand up to the bad actors around the world. Xi is not slowing down in China. He's looking at Taiwan. You see what's going on in Russia. You see what Iran is doing to work with Hamas and other terrorist organizations. This administration needs to pick up the pace. Uh, they're not standing up to the bad actors of the around the world, the world they need to. We're passing bills to address this through the House. The Senate needs to take action. The president needs to take action as well. That's what Congressman, we're focused I, on I, the House. I, I know that Joe Biden is president. I'm asking you a different question. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? What I've told you, and you've, you've seen this, there are states that didn't follow the laws that are on their books, which is what the U.S. Constitution says. They have to do. So you, ref so you just refuse to say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? So you want to keep rehashing 2020. We're talking I just about want an answer to the question, yes or no. Threats to this country. We've asked, look, we've talked about this before, but again, will you acknowledge that there were states that didn't follow the actual state legislative enacted laws on their books, which the U.S. Constitution says they're supposed to do? I know that every single I know that every court that looked at whether the election was stolen said it wasn't rejected those claims. And I asked you a very, very simple question. Now I've asked it, I think, the fifth time that you can't appear to answer. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was stolen? I told, you, I told stolen? you there were a handful. There were a handful of there were a handful of states that didn't follow their laws. The rest did. The rest followed. And again, states that Trump won, states that Biden won that did follow their laws. There were a handful of states that didn't follow the laws that were on the books. They went to secretaries of state to change the rules of the game. And then the voters didn't know what the rules were because ultimately the state laws weren't followed in those states. That's not what the U.S. Constitution says. At some point, we should go back to following the Constitution, George. The, 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 the courts have all followed the Constitution. They all rejected the claims you just made. And I, I just want to say again, for the record. Or they said there was no standing. Say, you didn't, cannot they say that the 2020 election was not stolen. No yes or no, was the 2020 election stolen? What, what I've told you is Joe Biden's the president of the United States, and right now he's failing the country on so many fronts that matter to families. We're talking about what matters to families today. You can keep talking about 2020. I'm talking about what's, what's wrong with our country today, how to fix the problems, how to secure America's border. You don't want to talk about that because Democrat mayors across the country are talking about how broken our border is to the point where people on the terrorist watch list from some of these hostile countries are coming into our country today, not just bringing drugs that are killing young people, uh, but people that actually want to do us harm. And this president won't take action. We've passed legislation to fix this problem, to secure our border. The president doesn't want to negotiate with us or with Democrat mayors who are telling him it's a major problem to big cities like New York that we should all be concerned about. So the president can keep talking about the past. You can. We're going to talk about the future and how to help these families who are struggling across America. Wow. Jeez. All right. So let's, let me try to remember all of my takes as I'm jotting them down in my own brain as this thing just goes on and on and on. Uh, first of all, <laughs> let me start with the bottom scroll on the, on the ABC. And again, you got to remember uh, what field of play you're on. So this is ABC News. Uh, and at the bottom, it says election denialism still rampant in Republican Party, to which I would say, do we really need to roll the tapes on all the election denialism from the Democrats? I mean, we could pull out Stacey Abrams multiple times, Hillary Clinton multiple times. 
You go on down the list. Um, and then especially when they say the phrase uh, illegitimate president. Uh, Trump's not an illegitimate. Trump was an illegitimate president. But this is also interesting timing because, Dawn, on Friday we talked about what that Democratic judge in Connecticut sent back with the uh, the ballots and that election on that local level that was compromised. But here's, here's what I would say. And this would go to mainstream media. This would also go to Republicans as well. First of all, mainstream media, why do you keep asking, like at a feverish pitch, to every Republican you get on your platform, that same played out question? It's November 5th, 2023. To me, I would, if I was in a court, I'd be like, relevance, your honor, irrelevant. Uh, let's move it along. And then secondly, too, but I would say this about Republicans. doesn't matter what happened in 2020. Nothing you can do is going to change that now. And nothing you can do is going to, if you, to Steve Scalise's credit, where I like his answer the first time and the third time, is when he talks about states that should adhere to and follow the Constitution. Great answer. Second time around when he started pivoting to Xi in China, uh, don't wiggle out to China. I don't want to hear about the southern border and all the other talking points. Um, But I don't know, what got into Stepanopoulos? He's not a hardball, hardline question guy. That was, what, five times right there? Well, that's my biggest my biggest um, uh, question about this is that like why now all of a sudden right. is he and why did he choose Steve Scalise too? Like I, I'm just it's and and I have another clip where he Glenn Youngkin was his guest right after and he mm-hmm. asked it. So it's interesting to me. It's a good thing you have Mike Johnson on. It's it's interesting to me how um, like like why he's asking that question now because he wants the soundbite correct yeah. and they need to say percent. they need to coach them better. Because I'm just, like, yelling at the TV, like, Steve has got to say, you know, Senator Scalise, you've got to say, uh, hey, um, George, I'm not going to I'm not gonna fall for your soundbite. I'm not going to give you the soundbite that you want over here. Correct. Okay? I'm not, I'm not a soundbite machine. I know you want that soundbite so that it can go viral. Yep. So that's, I'm not, I'm not going to play the soundbite game. Mm-hmm. Res- respectfully, though, like... No, it, no, not respectfully. Well, this no, is no, no, what no. they I mean, I, I know this. This is what they do. They want they want to get the little little sound bites. So ask- oh, Steve Scalise acknowledges it wasn't so- it's like, oh, I'm God. asking you something respectively. But if they, the all of these guys know that this is the game the media plays with them. Mm-hmm. Why do they go on these shows? Why? Just stop going on the shows. Yeah. It's it, it's as easy as that. Yeah, Steve Scalise not, is not winning anybody over no, on, on that audience. I, I, I just, agree wholeheartedly. I with don't that. understand it's it. Poor strategy. I I agree with what Donna's saying. He's looking for a soundbite. There's zero question in my mind. That's what he's looking for. The only thing but, it accomplishes is you can sit there and say, "See, we're not afraid to go on behind enemy lines." But that it appeases nobody. I agree. It appeases absolutely nobody, and you just make yourself look foolish. Well, I, I keep telling you, like if you. It, to relitigate 2020 for the 92nd, 435th thousandth time, like, it's a losing endeavor. Just like when DeSantis and Trump are quibbling over who had lockdowns and who handled the pandemic better. The reality is this, and I think Trump actually said this in Florida this past weekend, that even the worst Republican still handled COVID better than the best Democrat did. But yeah. relitigating COVID lockdowns within Republicans' Uh, themselves with Trump and DeSantis or DeSantis and this person or Trump and that person losing endeavor. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, by the way, we don't have time to play because we have to break, but the uh, he did ask Glenn Youngkin uh, the same thing, and Glenn Youngkin did did in fact say that it, it was it was not stolen. So Okay.
So Glenn Youngkin's... I mean, he had a really long-winded okay. explanation, but gotcha. he did, at the end, he did say that it was not so long. I mean, George Stephanopoulos is to the point where it's just, it gets annoying. You just played a clip, like, a, within the last month, where he just, on and on, he just has one thing, and he does not want to advance any kind of a story. No. He just wants the soundbite. Mm-hmm. He just wants to pound and that's, it. And, and, sick of it. Yes, you're right. And as Don once said. pound it and then do like a dry rub. But, but yeah. again, again, these guys don't have to go on these shows. They right. just don't. But they, they just have to have a better answer, Greg. They need to say, George, come on. I came on your show to talk about the real issues facing Americans today. Yeah. I don't want to talk about three years ago. It's right. in the past. That's correct. Let it go, George. Let it go. And it's honestly, it's the same line of questioning that we got in all of these debates that were moderated by people that were not Republicans. Remember the first two de- uh, the first two uh, debates, 2020 was brought up again, and it's like, how many times are we going to talk about this? You know, it's like, we you've said, there's, there's nothing left to be discussed, un- although I will say this, uh, it does look like Mike Johnson is inching closer towards releasing all 41,000, and I don't know how you even release this, or how you have time to watch it. But he apparently is close to releasing all 41,000 hours of the January 6th footage, which is something that he did talk about saying he would do if he became Speaker of the House. Uh, I saw that kind of playing out over the weekend. I think it was Friday into Saturday. So pay attention to that. Uh, Peg on the YouTube chat writes, I saw it live and George came across like a jerk. Yeah, to you. To mm-hmm. you, who doesn't agree with right. him, but 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 to the majority of people who watch those shows, mm-hmm. agree with what? Well, he's, he's playing saying. to his base exactly, there. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So this would all be this would all be a lot easier if all of the if all these people just said, you know what, we're not going to do these shows. Yeah. It, there's nothing to gain from us. There's nothing to gain at all. I was, I, if I, if I'm in Steve Scalise's camp or I have somebody in, within my department that, you know, booked the interview and said, yeah, we can do it. Uh, what time do you want to record it? Or is it live? Whatever. I would literally have that person say, Hey, just so you know, I'm not talking about the 2020 election. So if you don't want to have me on, that's fine, but I'm not going to bring, I'm, I'm not going to answer it. So, well, then they're going to report that. They have the, then yep. you don't want that. Yep. Okay. You don't want that. He just, they just need to say, George, I know you're playing your favorite tune. I know that you're you're just you know placating your audience, but honestly, we've got to move forward from three years ago. I've said Biden's the president. I don't know which you know. You just want a soundbite from me, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, right. George. I, I'm starting to feel sorry for you. It's getting silly here. It's maybe a- maybe this is why your ratings are kind of lower. <laughs> you know, why don't you why don't we talk about the real issues of the day? Yeah. If so fact on the YouTube chat says I would answer with George. Did you provide Clinton with young girls <laughs> while in the Oval <laughs> Office? Oh. <laughs> It's a very good point. Have you well, ever been to was, the island? He was there during the uh, the Monica Lewinsky thing, yeah. so mm-hmm. um, you yeah. would think that maybe there. Well, allegedly he resigned over that, right? That was alleged. That was the talking point. Was that after the Monica Lewinsky thing, he was done with yeah. the Clinton administration? But see, was, this is why that just what we say that what Trump was born out of. Trump would say, uh, George, can you confirm that you resigned over Epstein Island? <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, but. Obviously, Scalise, he has a lot of class. He's yeah. trying to answer the question. But the problem is what you what everybody has to understand is they're not playing fair. All right. All right. Nine forty nine. We'll come back and uh, we have to take a break, right? Yes. OK, we'll come back and uh, find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who on Twitter today. Kale and company. Be right back. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Heard it from a friend who... Heard it from a friend that Dawn Stensland's coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. 
And I know that to be factually correct. <laughs> Seven minutes out. What do we have lined up this morning, Bob? Oh, it's jam-packed. Obviously, there's a lot, of, a lot developing, both in Israel, here at home, D.C., Trump in uh, testifying in Manhattan, Johnny, jo- Johnny Dock embezzlement trial here in Philadelphia. So uh, as far as guests go, we have a lot going on with a great guest. This is that new Disney John Travolta movie. Um, that's upcoming. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So we'll talk about all things Disney and the new movie, The Shepherd. Cool. And so we'll have the movie's producer, Anthony Dorenzo, um, lined up the director, Ian Softley. Now, is this a woke rendition of Shepherd, or is this... Uh... No. Okay. It's a tribute to military. It's, oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's getting like braver. It. Ben, ben Radcliffe, Stephen McIntosh. So... It's supposed to be good, and uh, it's all about on Christmas Eve, a fighter pilot on his way home, gets lost mid-flight over water, needs a miracle to land safely. Okay. So a very this will be our escape from all the yeah. craziness in the that. universe. So, so thank you, Anthony, for booking him. Um, so we have that going on after all the breaking news and so on. So we'll get to that. Then, coming up in the 11 a.m. hour, again, we I always begin with what's developing, what's breaking, but... 11.05, we'll have uh, candidate Arthi Martino. She'll be calling in. This is Bucks County School Board. But I've actually, invi- you know, we, we've always said we've invited everybody, put out the all call. So who knows who's going to call in, who's up for election tomorrow. But I suspect we'll be heavy on local school boards, what it means. And we just had a judge's ruling on Friday trying to influence future elections in Bucks County. So I'll talk about that as well. All right. Sounds we have good. a lot. And then Anthony Hennon, I think, around 1130, I think uh, we have Anthony Hennon Center Square. Wow, it's packed. All right. Dawn Show in about five minutes as we wrap it up with Who Won Twitter Today. Who Won Twitter. Who Won Twitter, sponsored by your Delaware Valley BMW Centers. Nate, uh, Richard Nataro uh, says, Nick, you can always go to Costco to save money on bulk items. And there are two Acme markets in Lower Marion Township. So there Not you go. Too far. Not, yeah, too, not far too far. Not too far. I don't venture so. over to Lower Marion too often. But <laughs> now through November 30th, the BMW Road Home Sales event lease an all electric 2020 or 2024 BMW i5 e drive 40 for seven uh, seven hundred and nineteen dollars per month for 36 months with seven thousand sixty nine dollars due at signing. Details at bmwcenters.com. One day they will write this copy correctly. Today is not that day. <laughs> Today will not be that Thank day. Thank you, BMW sir. Centers, for uh, for sponsoring Who on Twitter. Another chance tomorrow for uh, a winner and for the copy to be right. Yeah, yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. Everybody have a great rest of your Monday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning at 6. Until then. Good night, everybody. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.